1: In most cases, it's knowing the right information and taking the right actions. We're answering your money questions right now.
0: This is the Get Ready for the Future Show.
1: And welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future Show. John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker here. We were just uh, reminiscing a little bit. It's been a while since it's been just me and you on the radio to talk about retirement investments and your money.
2: It's it's old home week. We're going to see how this
1: goes without without Scott in the group here. Yeah, Scott is on assignment. I've always wanted to say that, that somebody was on assignment. Scott I Inman that, on assignment. I, I thought that was always cool, but he's actually uh, he's actually doing a workshop right now with Candace Stanley and uh, is uh, helping other people to understand what it takes to become financially independent, just like we're doing today. And of course. We do that through your questions, and of course, you've got an opportunity to uh, ask us a question. You can email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com, a question that you might have. Also, you can call or text a question in at 501-381-5228, and that's a voice recording that you'll just leave your name, tell us what your question is, and then we'll have time to research that question and get it on the air for you here at the Get Ready for the Future show. Janet, why don't we go ahead and uh, just get started? Uh, first question today came from uh, Ronnie in Little Rock. He says, "I am 58, planning on retiring at 63. I have no debt other than my mortgage, maxing out uh, the catch-up contributions I'm assuming on his 401k plan. Right. I want to move to somewhere warm, live comfortably, and live a good of, uh, and, and leave a good amount for my kids and grandkids." What adjustments should I make in my investment strategy? I I really like the fact that he's going someplace warm and comfortable and and living life and enjoying his grandkids, but this money thing – we got to figure that out because that's what's fueling everything.
2: Yeah, Ronnie, I, I haven't met you and don't know who you are, but I think that you and John could be good friends because when I when I saw uh, move to somewhere warm, I was like, "That's what John's going to do at that's some me. point in the future that's as me. well." So we can understand what your goals are for sure. So I I do like that it sounds like Ronnie want that you want to retire to something. Many times we are retiring from a job. And we think that it's important for you to have something to retire to. And it it does seem like that you've got some plans in place that that, that will be what your your retirement actually works out to
1: yeah, be. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because this is really something that I deal with. Uh, a lot of my male clients, uh, the guy in the relationship, uh, this is really a, a problem. And when we talk about retiring to something, you're right, Janet, he needs to be able to have – life kind of mapped out in a general direction of what he's going to be doing. Mm-hmm. But the, the key here is that you don't just throw up your hands and retire from something and not go to something because that really run, you run into a brick wall. I, I remember having a client uh, who I worked with and we retired him many, many years ago. And he'd been retired for about six months. And one day he called me. And he, it was very clear that he was in this really noisy environment. I was, I was like, what are you doing? And he said, I'm driving a truck. I said, what do you mean you're driving a truck? You just retired. He said, I got bored and needed something yeah. to do. Yeah. So I started driving a truck. Well, he went right back to working because, not because he needed to, because he wanted to because he didn't have anything else to do.
2: We have, as you said, it's, it's way more common with males than with females. We've had quite a few people do that. There's a, a gentleman I go to church with who stopped me a few months ago and was talking about how uh, he got a part-time job at the country club. They don't mind when he takes some time off. He works a few hours a week, but it gets him out of the house it gets that involvement with people and that was just very important to him. So we see that quite often. But I, I wanna I wanna shift and talk about, you know, Ronnie asks, what adjustments should I make to my investment strategy? I think one of the main things that we need to think about is that Ronnie, you're in what we call the retirement red zone. And if you're a football fan at all, you know that's the last twenty yards before you get into the end zone. And so we've we've gone 80 yards to get to this point, to get you to to age 58 with the retirement assets that you have in place. We've got those last 20 yards to go. And that's where if you mess up, it's bad because you've worked so hard and so long to get there. So there are a lot of precautions that you need to take. But I will say one of the things that you need to keep in mind is that you, you can be too cautious. And so when you talk about making adjustments to how you're handling your investment strategy, one of the things that we would say is to not put it all in, you know, very ultra conservative investments. That's one of the mistakes that we see people make at this point because they view retirement as a stop sign with their investments rather than a yield sign. We're going to keep moving. We still got time before you you know, it's not you retire and then you need all of these assets. Some of those assets you're not going to need for 30 years. And so we want to be sure that those are invested for a growth oriented mindset.
1: Ronnie, I think the the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process really does speak exactly to what you're asking here. And the Ready to Retire process starts with creating a very firm foundation of income. And what we mean by that is that your essential income need, whatever that is, it may be $5,000, $6,000 a month, whatever it takes to kind of pay your bills and be okay, you want to secure that income those income sources and be able to know that you have regular predictable paychecks coming in just like you had when you were working. Now, it doesn't have to be all of your income, but it does need to be enough for you to meet the essential needs that you have for life. Maybe that's food, clothing, transportation, shelter, taxes, insurance. You know the the drill on this. Things that you can't do without, you've got to have guaranteed income coming in. So let's talk about what that looks like. You, you have Social Security uh, that if you retire at 63, you will actually have the opportunity to take Social Security. might not necessarily be the time to do it at 63, but it is in your future to have Social Security. The question is, Do you, is that Social Security check enough? Probably not. Do you have a pension? If you don't have a pension check, then the only guaranteed source of income for you in retirement is Social Security. And so, Janet, the first thing that we would recommend is that he shore up that essential income yes. above what he has in Social Security to uh, be sure that he has regular, predictable monthly income to meet those needs
2: so that that starts with just kind of thinking through what are you spending right now a lot of people John will think about like how much they make yep and let's say and I'm just picking a random number let's say you make75 thousand dollars in a year's time okay you don't live off of $75 thousand dollars you've got probably some expense for your own health insurance that's in there you're contributing to your 401k. That's not what you need to live on. So you want to think about actual spendable money. What do you live on on a regular basis? And then beyond that, John, as you talked about, once we get that required amount in place above and beyond that, what other things are you going to spend money on? Like vacation, is that going to change tremendously relative to what you're spending now before you get to retirement?
1: And there are discretionary expenses that we want to account for in this uh, calculus of retirement income, right. but it doesn't have to be coming from guaranteed income sources, and that's where our bucketing strategy comes into play.
2: Yeah, the, the buckets are are critical because so many times people look at retirement, their retirement assets. Think about your 401k because that's where the retirement assets are for most people. They look at that as one pool of money and that they need to invest it all conservatively or all growth-oriented, depending on what their stage of life is, and we know that we really need to segment that based on the time period the timeline on which you're going to use those assets so if you think about um more conservative investments and and i will say we're not talking necessarily about bonds there are other choices to use these days because people used to think john of of bonds as being conservative but as interest rates have risen, um, it, people You've have gotten a their, different experience. People have gotten their clocks cleaned in the in the bond market, and so we want to be sure that that you know what a conservative investment is, and that you're pulling from those types of assets for your uh, your grocery money, your spending money, those types of things in those early years. Meanwhile, we've got some more moderately invested assets that are allowed to grow for a period of time and then long term that is more growth exposed. And those dollars can have more volatility because if you don't need them for a decade and a half, then
1: it's got time to recover. Ronnie, we would also recommend that you sit down with a financial advisor who is trained in the math and the science of producing retirement income. And not all financial advisors have that expertise. A lot of financial advisors do a good job of building up assets mm-hmm. through your working years, but very few financial advisors have the expertise like we do here at Gen Wealth of creating retirement income plans. So I think that is a very, very important part of what you're trying to do. Hopefully, uh, you you kind of have a little bit of uh, uh, you know groundwork to do and and have a direction to go as you uh, journey toward retirement. Janet, it is a good time to talk about this uh, workshop that we've got coming up because we were just talking about Ronnie drawing Social Security, but I made the point in that conversation about the fact that maybe the day he retires is not exactly the day to draw Social Security. And we're going to cover a lot of this in our upcoming workshop.
2: Yes, there there are lots of different claiming strategies for Social Security. And the reality is most people just look at their statements and go, hey, I could take it at 62. I could take it at my full retirement age, or I could take it at 70. And they don't look at it as a household family decision because it's not ever presented that way on your statement. It looks like an individual decision. But there are lots of factors, even if you're single now. Maybe you used to be married. So there are factors to to consider in that way as well. So what we're doing on Tuesday, May 16th, we are very focused on education. We always have been, and we are going to take some time to educate on Social Security and talk about how to maximize your Social Security in retirement so this is Tuesday, May sixteenth at six thirty p.m. at the Delta Hotel. There's no cost to attend, but you do have to register. Uh, we know some of you will be coming straight from work, and so we're gonna we're gonna provide some food for you, so you don't have to worry about that. The way that you register is go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash social security. Get ready ready for the
1: future.com forward slash social security. Or you can call our office at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And one of our team members will be more than happy to get you registered. Again, that's a social security workshop coming up May 16th at the Delta Hotel. That's formerly the Crown Plaza, basically at the intersection of uh, 430 and Shackleford, 630. That that area of West Little Rock uh, will be there and ready to go at 6:30. True financial independence—you might not necessarily relate that to uh, Social Security. Most people think of Social Security as being very, you know, utilitarian. It's just something that I'm going to get when I yeah. retire. But it really does have a major impact on your true financial independence. So let's define what that is, Janet. Uh, True financial independence really is not having to worry about having your basic expenses covered.
2: Yeah, when you know that you don't have to go to work to meet the needs that you have, that's when you're at that point, when you're at the point of financial independence. And so for, for people, you know, the details of that may look a little bit different. Some of you may still have a mortgage payment. But you're able to do that without having to go to work to meet that need. Some of you may roll into retirement and without that. That's not necessarily part of the details that matter. You want to look at, can my assets and my income sources support my, m- me and my spouse if you're married through retirement? If that is the case, then you have reached that point of financial independence.
1: If you've got questions, we've got answers. You can text or call them into to 501-381-5228 to hear your questions answered on the air here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Ready for another question? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, check in. Matthew from Benton asks us, inflation has been bad, sure, but let's talk about medical costs that are rising even faster. How can I be prepared for higher medical costs in retirement? What are my options?
2: John, we actually uh, we did some research on this because really throughout your career and mine, it has been accurate to say that medical costs were rising at a greater pace of inflation than all other expenses that we have, whether you're talking about food, clothing, you name it, fuel prices we saw medical care costs continue to rise at a faster pace. However, because inflation in other areas has increased its pace of growth, then what we have actually seen is right now, from 2022 to 2023, medical care costs are not growing at a faster inflation rate than other things. They're actually, it's a a lower rate. What we see, though, is that it has maintained, you know, a pretty stable rate of inflation through the years where we see more volatility in other categories of inflation. So all of that to say, Matthew, normally you're you're right on point that medical costs rise faster than other costs. It's not the case right now, but we do believe that during your retirement, that will shift again to be an accurate statement and something that you need to consider in
1: your overall retirement planning. So let's kind of talk about some mechanics here of this, because clearly you've got to deal with this inflation thing and uh, and also being sure that you insure yourself properly. A lot of confusion these days about Medicare, and Medicare supplements and Medicare Advantage and things of that nature. Uh, Frankly, there's a big push to get people onto Medicare Advantage by the government. They'd love for you to be in a managed care program. I will tell you from an experiential standpoint, you probably don't want to do Medicare Advantage. Now, it's cheap. Absolutely. Sometimes it's no expense, depending on where you live and that type of thing but I have had a lot of people come back and say, you know what, that is just not what I need to do. Janet, we believe that Medicare and a Medicare supplement yes. are your best lines of defense as far as medical costs are concerned because a supplement basically fills in on the deductibles, coinsurance, and the things that Medicare does not cover.
2: And, and those things combined together are going to cover what you need until, John, they don't. And when right. you get to the point where you need a higher level of care, maybe you need some degree of long-term care either in your home or in an assisted living facility of some type, at that point it's very important to understand that the government is not going to cover those costs through Medicare Let's distinguish uh, for a moment between Medicare and Medicaid. I always give this little easy-to-remember way uh, for for people to think about the the difference in the words. We care for the elderly. We aid the impoverished. So Medicare does not cover long-term care. Medicaid can cover it but remember we aid the impoverished that means that if you have assets it's not going to cover you you actually have to spend down your assets to a level of two thousand dollars before medicaid will come in and help with long-term care needs and at that point because the state is then paying for a bill that was really yours to pay for then this is where people get confused they talk about well i don't want the nursing home to take my house and that type of thing They're not going to take your home if you pay your bill, and they're not going to take your home just because, but if, let's say, the state pays for, let's say $5,000 a month for a year's time, the state pays for $60,000 of your care, well, that came out of the state's budget, not out of your cash flow. And so when the house is is sold later on then $60,000 of value from that is owed to the state to make, you know, true on the bill that they paid for you. So that's where that comes from, but they don't just show up, you know, and and take your house. That does not happen. So what we want to look at though is how do you get out of a need for the government to be involved at all. Because, John, we've seen a difference in the level of care very clearly, whether it is a self-pay or insurance versus Medicaid coverage. That's not really where you want to be. And so if you're in a position to be able to look at long-term care insurance as an option, I will say that's that is something that if I were in your shoes, I would consider it. I'm not saying that everybody needs to have it or that it's the right thing to do, but I am saying that you need to look at it. And intentionally, this is the key, intentionally check the box on making a decision about whether you want to have and need to have long-term care. After you've made that decision, move on, because what we see very often is people will postpone the decision, well, let me think about it. Let me consider this or consider that. And there's never a day when they wake up and go, this is the day that I'm going to make a decision. And so they go a few years down the road, "Well, well, those premiums are now higher. And so it would have made more sense to lock it in. so anytime from about age 55, and really I won't put a cap on this, but it does get to a point where it doesn't make sense anymore from a cost standpoint. But 55 and up, if you have not made an intentional decision about long-term care, you need to.
1: Janet, let's also talk about something that nobody really wants to to have to think about or deal with, but you have some degree of control on your utilization of health care as you move into retirement. And what I mean by that is if you are proactive about your health, and guys, I am talking to you i am one of those that i try to avoid the doctor's office at every turn and i know most of you guys are like that as well but i will also say that that of in the last probably five or seven years or so i have been very proactive about my health i have a regular standing appointment with my primary care physician and he does a whole battery of tests on me and has found some things that we are being proactive about trying to be sure that they are not problems for me as i get older and and i think that oftentimes we think we are are saving some money by not going to the doctor and we're saving some uh you know discomfort or whatever you you just are irritated about the whole idea of going through the medical system so uh, and this is clearly where an ounce of prevention is Mm -hmm. worth a pound of cure yeah And, and i think that that most people don't really understand how much power they have in their own control to control their health care costs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Being proactive. I mean, I, I think that that's a, a recurring theme at Gen Wealth on really any topic. So your health is included in that because that allows you to be proactive with your finances
1: as well. You've got a question. We've got answers. You can text us or call us at 501-381-5228. That's 501-381-5228. We'll get your questions answered here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Janet, our next question comes from Amy from my hometown in El Dorado. Yeah. Amy is 60 and looking to retire soon. She says she has about $500,000 saved for retirement. Recently, she says that she has heard a lot of good and bad about annuities. She says, I don't know what to believe. What's your opinion, and how does this fit into a retirement plan? Amy, I. John, do
2: you have an opinion on this?
1: I have lots of opinions. (laughs) So let's just kind of walk through some basic fundamentals. If you need to drive a nail into the wall, you don't use a wrench, you use a hammer. And, and certainly you're going to mess up the wrench or you're going to mess up the wall if you use the yeah. wrench. Yeah. But a lot of people think that annuities are the Swiss army knife of investment vehicles. They'll do this, they'll do that, da-da-da-da-da, and that's not true. Also, there are a lot of people who think annuities were created by the devil and that you should never even utter the word annuity, much less put any of your money into it. And that's not true either. Just like everything else in life, there is a balance. Here is how an annuity is supposed to work and how the best use of an annuity can come into play. It is to provide guaranteed income to you in retirement. So the question is, do you need additional guaranteed income? Janet, we just were talking about Ronnie and Little Rock having a a, a need to secure guaranteed income. If all Ronnie has is Social Security for he and his wife, then that's likely not to meet their needs in retirement. And so they may want to take a portion of their retirement savings, Mm -hmm. put it to an annuity to do the job of providing guaranteed lifetime income throughout their retirement years.
2: I think I'll I'll underscore what you were saying to Amy about, you know, there there are sides that l- love annuities in all situations and there are sides that hate them in all situations. And I'll go to the teacher perspective, you know, when you're when you're doing when you're taking a test on any topic and you get to a true false section, you look for some some words that just kind of tip their hand about whether it's going to be a true or false statement. If you see the word Always it's probably false, yep, if you see the word "never," it's probably false because there are probably some situations where that statement is not accurate. The same is true if you were to take a if you were to take a true false state uh, test on annuities and said they are always a good answer, that's false. They are never a good answer. That's false, right. There are situations where they are not only a good fit but the best fit. And then there are situations where you don't need one at all. So it really is very individualized. But I will say it is the only source that you can get for guaranteed retirement income to supplement something like your Social Security. Your Social Security is going to come to you on a guaranteed basis. And an annuity also has the ability to provide that guaranteed stream of income. So if, let's put some numbers to this, if you say, I have to have... $5,000 a month, John, for food, shelter, clothing, transportation, just to meet those needs, if that's what you have to have, and between, Amy, between you and your spouse, you have $4,000 a month coming in from Social Security and or pension income, then you've got a gap You've got $4,000 coming in and you need $5,000. So we have to go to something that we know is going to provide you that income regardless of what your investments do otherwise. But if you, let's flip that. Let's say that you needed to have $3,000 a month coming in on a guaranteed basis and you have $4,000. In that case, you don't have a need for additional guaranteed income. It really is that simple to get to the, the question, the answer to the question of, do i need to consider an annuity but then beyond that it's the details of now what type of annuity what is important in that and that's where you really need to consult with an advisor who knows how those work
1: and Janet the uh, just to kind of break down some mechanics of an annuity it is placed with an insurance company and in the in the iterations that we use here at Genwealth we are using the insurance company And they are taking that money and investing it, and you own those investments inside that. So it acts a lot like mutual funds and things of that nature inside the annuity. But the real caveat of the annuity, the benefit of the annuity from the insurance company standpoint, is they are providing you a guarantee that says, you know what? If you draw money out of this at a regular pace and the market goes down and you deplete your assets over the course of your life and potentially – your spouse's life, then we're going to continue to pay you that income. It is essentially just like insuring that paycheck that is coming into you from the insurance company. It is very analogous to insuring your well-paid-for home with homeowner's insurance. No one would cancel their homeowner's insurance just because they have a paid-for home because they don't want the economic risk of having to replace that if a tornado comes through or it burns down or whatever the case may be. Same thing with your paycheck. You don't want to risk losing that paycheck, and so there's a small fee that is charged inside that annuity for that insurance company to take on that risk, and they use that fee to actually buffer that risk against uh, things in the market that could take that portfolio down
2: yeah so so when people talk about uh sometimes they'll say that annuities are expensive and we would say expensive relative to what because there is a cost to insurance yes. uh, there's a cost to any insurance that you have but we also talk about like We choose certain expenses because they deliver value that matters to us. And that's the question that you really have to ask on this. For example, I didn't drive to the office today on a bicycle. I chose to have more expensive transportation than that because I wanted to have, you know, in Arkansas on the same day, you need the ability to heat and cool your vehicle. So (laughs) I wanted something that had the ability to, yes, that had the ability to regulate the air inside the vehicle. And also um, I drove from Saline County into Little Rock. I didn't want to have to pedal the whole way. I probably couldn't have made that these days. And so we think about there's more cost to that, But it's worth it because there is more value delivered. So do you need the value that an annuity delivers? And if so, that cost probably makes sense.
1: Janet, one other uh, quick additional point that I want to make about this is that, you know, we've kind of centered on Amy's question on annuities. But here's the thing. Annuities are only part of the overall retirement process. The Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process looks at all of those things, and, and you know, an annuity is an important conversation to have relative to your retirement income, but it's not the only conversation that you need to have. You need to have a comprehensive conversation about the things that you need and the things that you want your income and your money to do for you in retirement. You also need to be thinking about a lot of other things. We've touched on long-term care today. Mm -hmm. We've thought about things like, you know, all the various things that that come into play in retirement, estate planning, tax planning, all of those things are really important. So I don't want Amy to get kind of tunnel vision or or down a rabbit hole and get consumed by this annuity question Mm -hmm. to the detriment of the rest of her plan.
2: Well, I, I think the key here is holistic planning. Yes. And so when you think about at, John, you were talking about, you know, using a wrench where you really need to use a hammer, really in your retirement planning, you need a whole toolbox because there are certain pieces of it that require different tools than other pieces of your retirement. And that goes back to and we talked with uh, with Ronnie from Little Rock earlier today about his question about what adjustments should be made to his investment strategy. And, and in a way, this really correlates to what Amy is asking about, that if you think about your retirement portfolio in pieces, rather than as that whole one lump sum that's probably in your 401k, let's say that there's a million dollars in that just for nice round numbers. Well... Maybe a couple of hundred thousand dollars needs to be peeled off for some guaranteed income stream to supplement. Maybe you don't need that, but that's a consideration in your buckets of money that we talk about. And then another portion of it peeled off for those conservative dollars, then some for the moderate, then some for the more long-term growth. It's all about looking at those dollars for how they they need to be used, not as one dollar big bucket of money with everything in it. It's buckets, plural, different purpose, different timeline
1: to be utilized in your retirement. I think the key question for Amy is, can I find financial independence? Can I find true financial independence with my $500,000 and my social security and all that type of thing? There's a lot involved in that, clearly. there is uh, there, there are a lot of questions that have to be sorted through and dealt with. And I think that is really where A relationship with a well-trusted advisor can come into play as they sit down and have your best interest in mind and going through a lot of those questions and kind of sorting these things out. Janet, not that Amy is necessarily bent this way, but I I really believe that people today want instant gratification and expediency on Mm -hmm. dealing with almost everything. This is the rest of your life that we're talking about it really does demand and and require some time to be spent on it. Yeah. Look, you're going to live for probably 20, 30-plus years in retirement. And I would say that one of the top three most important things in your retirement years is going to be your income and how you pay for things. You've got to be able to take the time to stop and go, okay, let's do a real thorough assessment of this and make sure that I'm going through everything that I need to go through Mm -hmm. so the rest of my life is one that I don't have to worry about a lot of things.
2: Yeah, so you plan that, and then also keep in mind you're going to need to plan that on an ongoing basis to be sure that you adjust as time you know things in your life are going to change and so you've got to adjust that over time as well john we had the bell yeah uh, for our final thoughts so i'll go ahead i'll go ahead with mine and talk through uh What I think right now is a critical time-bound thing for you to consider, and that is knowing that we are education-driven, strategy-based, and team-delivered, we have ongoing workshops because we are so focused on education. We know that it is important for you to understand your retirement, and your retirement likely includes a Social Security check at some point in the future. So if you would like to learn how to maximize your Social Security on Tuesday, May 16th, we have a no-cost-to-you workshop coming up at 6.30 p.m. It'll be at the Delta Hotel. That's in West Little Rock, just north of the 4.30, 6.30 interchange. So May 16th uh, at 6.30 p.m. at the Delta Hotel. You can register by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash social security.
1: Janet, here at GenWealth, we are known for helping people to attain maintain, and pass along true financial independence to their family. What does that look like? What does that look like for you? Well, it's different for everybody, but true financial independence, as Janet has alluded to here today on the show, is knowing that you don't have to go back to work to to live out the rest of your life. That is true financial independence, and frankly, that's a, a, a status that a, a lot of people won't actually attain because they don't apply the right information and the right actions to what they're doing. If you'd like to know more about true financial independence, reach out to us at Wealth Financial Advisors. That's going to do it for the Get Ready for the Future show for today uh janet it's been great being uh back uh, the old the old team is back together here so (laughs) not that we dislike scott but i enjoy uh being back with with my business partner on the radio it was a good time all right thanks for being with us we'll talk to you next week
0: Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866 653 7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.